Okay, Chuck Wilson, New Hope Community Church. A couple details real quick before we get into the Word. Next week, we will be starting out uh, outside, inside at St. Martin's School. Uh, that's the St. Martin's School right by the high school. We're going to be in the school uh, downstairs there, 10 o'clock Sunday mornings. You just pull into the regular parking lot straight ahead, and you'll see our parking guides and signs. Just go around behind the school for the parking around the side. Uh, asking everybody to wear masks when they come in. Then once you sit down, you can take them off. We're going to have everybody uh, spread out seating-wise. We are having people sign up for seating and giving you seats here and there, but it's very flexible. Once you get there, you can move wherever you want. This is just a suggestion. You can move wherever you want. You can, if you, Even if you don't sign up, you can show up. Everybody's welcome. It's a very, very large room, so it's going to be easy to social distance. So all that's going on. A uh, couple birthdays, just in case uh, I want to get these announced, just in case it's too cold this Sunday. Hopefully we can get it in. But uh, Gordon Plate birthday. A uh, couple Wilsons, Megan and Mikey Wilson, both birthdays. Paul McBride, Chuck Harrison, Walt Ryan. Got a lot of people here. Diane Petalino, lots of birthdays this week. Chris Gormley. And Paul Vandervliet, all these different birthdays. And Paul also has to mention the book, the Salt Book, the Witnessing Book. Uh, if you, you can still get, connect with them for the Zoom meetings, just let him know you want to be part of that for that Bible study. And also next week we'll be starting the Christmas shoebox ministry. That's all the Christmas shoeboxes. So get get your stuff together, start preparing for that, and you can get the box from either this Sunday or the next couple Sundays, and that's all going on too, okay? The title for today, Preparing for Persecution. Preparing for Persecution. Are you prepared for persecution? 2 Kings 6, 32-33. And this has been a rough Bible passage, this story, this particular story with Elisha, very rough, with the idolatry, the, the famine, the eating the babies, the fake repentance. I wish I could say it was going to be better today, but it's not. You're going to have to get through one more tough one today, and then next week, next couple, next week and the one after that, we're going to hit some really encouraging passages. So just wait. Come next week to church. Uh, we're moving inside, or else uh, dial online here and, and listen. We're going to be talking about God's amazing grace, God's shockingly amazing grace unbelievable encouragement in these dark days. But first, we've got to get through this one. First, we have to pass through a couple of verses on persecution, which have a very big application to the USA today. Let's pray. Father, tough passage, but this is where you, we've landed, and we're here for a reason, because this is where our country has landed. And Lord, I just pray that you're, you would prepare each person who's watching or listening to this I pray you prepare us for what is coming. Prepare us to, to persevere. Prepare us to flourish in the times that are, we're going to be facing, these incredible times of trial, intense trials that we're going to be facing. I pray that we would be blessed through this time. And I pray that if anybody is not ready for it because they've never put their faith in Jesus, that they would do that today. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's uh, read the verses here, and I'll start with a couple verses ahead. Uh, where are we now? Second Kings. Second Kings. I'm still had my thing in Revelation from. You'll hear why in just a minute. But Second Kings six. Second Kings six. We're in the life of Elisha. 
We're getting close to the end of Elisha, but we have a little bit more to go. But in 2 Kings 6, verse, start with verse 30. When the king heard the woman's words, he tore his robes. As he went along the wall, the people looked, and there underneath he had sackcloth on his body. He said, May God deal with me, be it ever so severely, if the head of Elisha, son of Shaphat, remains on his shoulders today. And this is what we're going to cover today, the next two verses, the verses 32 and 33. Now Elisha was sitting in his house, and the elders were sitting with him. The king sent a messenger ahead, but before he arrived, Elisha said to the elders, Don't you see how this murderer is sending someone to cut my head off? Look, when the messenger comes, shut the door and hold it against him. Is not the sound of his master's footsteps behind him? While he was talking to them, still talking to them, the messenger came down to, to him, the king said to the this disaster is from the lord why should i wait for the lord any longer okay so let's look at the equation here we have this equation here king, the king of israel and israel together they are worshiping idols and they're suffering the consequences of their sin the consequences of their sin and they're blaming Elisha. <laughs> it's Elisha's fault. They blame Elisha and, and the king wants to kill Elisha, wants to kill him. Now remember, Elisha is a type of the apostles, right? A type of the apostles. My God is salvation. It's a picture of the apostles and by extension, it's a picture of Christians, us. It's a picture of us. This is a picture and a warning for Christians today the real Christians today. The Bible and church history both have a common denominator, and that is the persecution of true Christians. Not the apostate, not the false, not the pretend, but the, the true Christians. Satan and his followers always look for an excuse, an excuse to persecute the disciples of Jesus Christ. They're constantly looking for this excuse. In fact, Jesus warned us about this in John 15, verse 18, he said, If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, I have, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. If we are disciples of Jesus Christ, the world hates us. Hates us. It's there. It's always there. Just certain things expose that hate, as we're going to see a little bit later. We see this hate in the book of Acts. The, the apostles persecuted. All of them, uh, 11 out of the 12, were, were martyred. The only one who wasn't martyred was John because he survived being boiled in oil <clears throat> because God still had a job for him to write the book of Revelation. Nero, or ch or, uh, church history, Nero accused the Christians of burning Rome and he knows darn well he himself burned Rome. Uh, he burned it, but he accused the Christians and started persecution against them. He ended up using the Christians as human candles for his dinner parties. That's what Nero did. The apostate popes throughout the Middle Ages burned millions of Christians at the stake, martyred millions of Christians, burning many of them at the stake over 500 years of the Inquisition. The Inquisition wasn't a, a, a couple years. It was 500. 
hundred years. Many, many apostate popes throughout that time. And now today we see another apostate pope, another one emerging today who looks very much like those other apostate popes. And he looks very much like the leader of the one world church. He's angling for the, to be the leader of the one world church in the book of Revelation. Revelation. Uh, pay attention. Uh, this, this, this guy is dangerous. And if, if he's not that guy, he's a type of that guy. All right. Uh, the the and a lot of my Catholic friends who I talk to recognize that he's an apostate pope. The the true Catholics recognize what this guy is all about. The true Christian Catholics recognize this. Uh, the communists, communists moving right along. Communists have been one of the main persecutors of Christians over the last hundred years or so. China, we see what's going on right now. That the that the churches are ordered to replace the pictures of Jesus in their churches with pictures of Mao. The Muslims have emerged. They've been persecuting Christians for centuries, but intense persecution, but they've re-emerged as a major persecutor. We see what's going on in Nigeria, that the, the Christians are just being brutally murdered and, and persecuted. The Middle East is the incredible genocide against Christians. It's going on all over the place. And now in this whole progression, we see the sparks of hell's persecution fires starting here in the USA today. Today. Amy Barrett being bashed, vicious attacks on this true Christian Catholic, Amy Barrett, and her only crime is trying to save babies' lives. They know that's what her goal is, is to save babies' lives. That's her only crime. Keith Olbermann resigned from ESPN to, to become a, you know, go in a political direction, and he just put out this big uh, statement that Amy Barrett and Trump supporters, parentheses, Christian pro-lifers, that's who he's aiming at, the, the Christian pro-lifers must be removed from society. Shocking! Can you imagine if we said that toward another group? But what's to remove us from society? How is he plan on doing that? Well, Bernie Sanders, uh, he's got his plan. Uh, Bernie Sanders staffers, I don't know if you've been following that whole story, it's old now, but two separate Sanders campaign staffers were caught on video. Google it, you can watch it. Calling for gulags for the, the Republicans, guillotining the rich, and defending Stalinism. They also call for the beating of cops, burning of cities, and rioting. This is what, this is their plans for, uh, once again, Trump supporters, i.e. Christians. When you press them on it, they're really talking about Christians. And this is their goal is, is to, to, this is how they're planning on getting rid of us. And what is our crime? What is our really our crime? What is at the base of all this? Trying to save the lives of babies, murdered babies, trying to save their lives, trying to keep them from being butchered, which is our job. Any true Christian, that is our job. Proverbs 24, listen to what God says in Proverbs 24, rescue those being led away to death. Hold back those staggering towards slaughter. If you say, but we knew nothing about this. Does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does he who does not he who guards your life know it? Will he not repay each person according to what he has done or not done to try to save these babies? God, we know what's going on, and God knows we know what's going on, and He's going to hold us accountable for what we do or don't do. That's the main reason that most Christians support President Trump today. We do that to to save the lives of innocent babies. Innocent babies. And so we're hated for that. 
We're hated for the support of, of President Trump, even though it's really because of our pro-life actions. We're hated for that pro-life action because they it's completely divided our country. The killing of babies, which is mind-boggling. We sat in judgment over the Nazis in Nuremberg, and now we've gone, gone way beyond anything they ever dreamed of going. But, but So they, they hate us for this, but the world already hated us. Already hated us. Just like Elisha. The king and Israel already hated Elisha. They already hated us. It's just being exposed. This hate is just being exposed now. They're just looking for an excuse. Remember I did John 15, 18, if the, world, the reason the world hates us? Listen to what else it says. He who hates me, this is Jesus talking, hates my father as well. Verse 23. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Verse 21. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. They will treat us this way because of the name of Jesus, because they don't know God. Verse 23, he who hates me hates my father as well. If you hate Jesus, if you hate his children, you hate God. That's the, that's the fact of scripture. And, and we've always been hated. It's just being exposed now. President Trump has not caused this hate of Christians. They already hated us. He's just exposed it. God is, is using him in a sovereign way. I can see many parallels, many parallels with Joseph and Pharaoh. Remember what happened with Joseph and Pharaoh? Joseph got connected with Pharaoh because of the, the famine, famine, and, and they, and, and Joseph was used to save Egypt and also his brothers. The, uh, he saved Israel in the process. He saved them. But this Pharaoh that he became connect, so closely connected with was a foreign Pharaoh. And when that foreign Pharaoh was finally defeated and kicked out, that put Joseph on the outs too. They, the Egyptians turned on them because they saw them as aiding this foreign Pharaoh. Even though it was all God's purpose, God's purpose was to separate them from the Egyptians. The Egyptians enslaved the Israelites. God's goal was to separate them from the Egyptians and prepare them for the exodus. And that's exactly what I see God doing now. We, because of the pro-life and saving babies, we've been connected with, with a, a very unpo you know, a, a popular and unpopular. He's even loved or hated a president. And I'm not going to get into the middle of that. But, but I believe God has a purpose for that. God may be using this connection, this pro-life connection, to separate us from the world, the Christians from the world. And it's happening. And to prepare us for our exit. What is our exit? The rapture and or second coming, uh, whatever the, whatever the timing is out of that. If you want to know, go to the book of Revelation, our study in Revelation, and you're going to hear all, lots of different things about that. But God, I believe, is doing the same thing, preparing us, preparing us for our exodus. He's separating us from the world. He's separating the weeds from the wheat, the wheat from the weeds, and hopefully we're the wheat. He's separating the sheep from the goats, hopefully we're the sheep, right? God is preparing us for real persecution. And it could start on November 3rd, one way or another. Whoever wins, it could start on November 3rd or right after. The police are preparing for a lot right now. Persecution, though, but whenever it happens, persecution is coming to the USA. It's definitely coming here. It's just a matter of when. Of when? In Matthew 24, Jesus warning us about the time of the end. He says in Matthew 24, 9, then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death and you will be hated by all nations because of me. We, all nations, every nation will hate 
the followers of Jesus Christ. It's going to happen everywhere. It's already happening. We see, the, we have, see it happening. It's going to happen here in the USA. It's already started. We can see it. Many Christians I talk to are terrified by that thought. Terrified by the thought of persecution. I thought we were going to get raptured before that. It was in the movie. Uh, listen, it, I'm all for the rapture, but there could, even if there, it's a pre-trib rapture, there's going to be a lot of persecution leading up to that. And if it's a mid-trib rapture, ooh, and if it's post-trib, well, we won't go there. But, uh, but anyway, it, we, so many are terrified, but that, listen, persecution is not what should scare us. That's not what you should be scared of. What should really concern us is if we've never been persecuted. That's what should scare you. Listen, I'm going to say it again. What should scare you is if you've never been persecuted. Because in Philippians, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy 3.12, it says, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Woo! Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. In fact, if you're living for Jesus, you're going to be persecuted. And if you aren't persecuted, either you're not a real Christian. If you've never been persecuted, you're either not a real Christian or you're not living for Jesus Christ. Neither one's very good. Either you've never really put your faith in Jesus or or you're just fitting in or you're not living for Jesus Christ. You've been conformed to the world. You're a friend of the world. Listen, it's impossible to live for Jesus Christ in the USA today and not get attacked in some way. At the very least, you should lose a lot of your friends on Facebook. <laughs> At the very least. <laughs> and I'm half joking there, uh, but, but you know, at the very least, we should we we should definitely be attacked for our faith. And 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 having said that, I'm going to say this again: persecution is not the worst thing that can happen to us. It's the best thing. It's the best thing. Now I know I'm really shocking some of you, but follow, think biblically. Put on your Bible thinking cap instead of the world squeezing cap on, on your brain here. And listen, it's a blessing from Jesus Christ. Persecution is a blessing from Jesus Christ that proves we really belong to him. We're really his child and we're really following him. I'm going to say it again. Persecution is a blessing from Jesus that proves we belong to him and we're really following him. Am I making this stuff up? Well, you tell me. Matthew 5. In Matthew 5, verse 10, Jesus talking about in the Beatitudes says, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Blessed. We're blessed when we are persecuted. Do you know what the word blessed means? It means happy. Only not like, oh, happy, it's my birthday, but happy, deepest joy possible. That's what the word use, that Jesus uses here. It's the, the happiest you could possibly be. It's a deep-seated joy that doesn't depend on circumstances. It depends on our relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's, <clears throat> that's what persecution, Jesus says, that's what persecution, why it's a blessing. It's a blessing. We should be blessed. The apostle got that. The apostles in Acts chapter 5. In Acts chapter 5, they totally got it. When they were persecuted, uh, Acts chapter 5, verse 40, when they were, were beaten, listen to what it says here. Acts chapter 5, verse 40, uh, they called the apostles in and had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. 
the apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing. Because <laughs> say it again, rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. They rejoiced because they were found worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. It's a blessing. First Peter 4.14 1 Peter 4.14, if you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. If you're insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. We are blessed because the Holy Spirit and the this, this spirit of God rests on us in a powerful way when that happens. I, it's, I can't describe it. I haven't been persecuted nearly like these people, but been, been insulted plenty and been, had some threats when we started the church here in New Hope. Woo, boy, did it hit the fan here. And, and uh, we were you know, threatened physically and attacked and, and, uh, I remember being at a school board meeting and they were just cursing, just cursing me, cursing me and screaming, Jesus hates you, you know, because, because, I, because I was sticking to the Bible. And they were just trying to, trying to get us thrown out of the school. And I'll never forget it. You would have thought I would be shook up, but I wasn't. I was, I was energized. I was so happy. I never felt more alive spiritually than I did at that time. When we were going through this time, and I think the whole church felt that way. We never felt more spiritually energized than we went through that year of, of hell, really, is what we went through. But, but we were blessed. We are blessed. Are you being persecuted? If not, why? If no, why not? Why not? Maybe it's because you're worldly. <clears throat> Good chance we're worldly. We're conformed to the world. We're carnal. We're lukewarm. Remember what Jesus said in, in Revelation? Uh, you know, you're lukewarm. I'm going to spit you out of mouth. You're just a, a spit Christian. Uh, you better wake up if we're not finding any insulting. We're not finding any persecution. I see so many woke pastors now. These woke pastors conforming to the world. And, and, and these, these, these Joel Olstein followers are going to be in for a shock someday. A shock. First of all, the first shock is they're going to find out they aren't even really Christians just because they followed Joel Osteen's formula for faith. They're going to find out they're not even true Christians. They put their faith in a false gospel. And they sure won't, and these other woke pastors all over the place in America, they sure won't have their people ready for persecution. These woke pastors probably never even read the book of Revelation. And if they have, if they found it distasteful, they would never preach on it. Uh, we, are we ready for persecution? I just did two sermons on my online series on the, the end times prophecy series that I'm doing, making sense of this crazy world. And I did Mark 13. I did Matthew 24. I finished the book of Daniel. Now I'm in the book of Revelation. And I just did uh, two sermons on the, the, the letter to the church in Smyrna, which is the persecuted church. I want to encourage you to listen to those because it's really, I'm really piggybacking, piggybacking on those, that sermon. But listen, going through the book of Revelation, I'm reading this and there's going to be a lot of persecution of the Christians. Real true Christians, not the woke, not the woke pastors, the true Christians, the rest are going to fit in just fine until Jesus comes and they're not going to fit in with his plans. Uh, but the, but listen, in the book of Revelation, the USA is not in the book of Revelation. I've studied, look, cannot find the USA. Where are we? Well, we're not there. We're either going to collapse internally or externally or both. Something's going to the, the neutralize us and, and probably divide us. We're going to probably be the divided states of America by the time Jesus comes. But listen, 
Gonna connect a couple dots to some possibilities here. Russia, Russia and China are in the midst of forming a military alliance right now. And you know what the common denominator for them is? Why they're being, you know, these strange bedfellows? Well, first of all, they're both communists, but more, more than that, their hate of the United States. We have antagonized them so much recently, blaming all of our problems on them. Sometimes it's true, sometimes it's not. But the point is, we, they're very angry with us. And they also see the USA as being ripe for the picking. Many in the U.S. would probably welcome them, their invasion, and probably help them. They would be that, 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 they would help them out with it. They'd love to see the United States fall. A lot of these people out there, you can see these crazy writers, you know, who are saying these crazy things about the U.S. <clears throat> they probably help them. And it's interesting that Putin, this week, talking about the radical left, I'm not picking on a political party, but the real radical left of, of, a, of a certain party, uh, he, he was talking about how they, he, he felt an affinity with this group because they're close to the closer to the social democratic ideas that that he holds to, and and he and he he made this top comment too. He said, and it was also from the social democratic movement that the communist party evolved. Connect the dots. He he likes what he's seeing happen in the United States today on this this radical you know socialist movement. He likes what he's seeing. He said, "You're getting really, really close to us now. You'll be communists in no time." And and uh, well, I'm not going to go any further. You can look it up, read the article. He says some things that are pretty scary about our politics. So so picture this. Picture this. Russia and China declare war on the United States, maybe even invade us, send some, you know, nuclear, you know, uh, missiles. We can't fight both of them. We can't fight both of them. We can fight one of them, but we can't fight both of them. Who's going to help us? Not NATO. Not NATO. They're come, the EU is being groomed for the Antichrist and the revived Roman Empire. They're not going to help the United States. Uh, so they're, they're, that's going to be the revived Roman Empire led by the Antichrist. So China and Russia can neutralize us. They could even divide us up. And remember something. <clears throat> China and Russia have been the most vicious persecutors of Christian over the last 70 years. From, from World War II, the end of it, all the way till now, they've been the most vicious persecutors of Christians since that time. And they will get plenty of help. If let's say they show up here and there's an invasion and there's all kinds of stuff, they'll get plenty of help ferreting out the true Christians here. They're going to get help, <clears throat> plenty of help going after the Christians here in the U.S. from those who live here who hate Christians, which is about half the country right now, hates Christians. They already hate the Christians. They're going to get plenty of help finding us and dealing with us. In fact, they'll probably be blaming Christians for what is happening to the U.S. They already are blaming Christians for what is happening, but they're going to blame it even more. If there's this kind of a war going on, they're going to blame the Christians, just like the king of Israel blamed Elisha, a picture of the apostles and us, when it's really God's punishment on Israel and the king. When it's really going to be God's punishment on the USA because of our national sins, the most most glaring one being the murder of 60 million babies. Child sacrifice was the final straw for God during the Baal worship. It was a child, final straw. King Manasseh, look it up. He couldn't stand the shedding of innocent blood. He was done. And there's going to become a time when, 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 they're, when, when God's going to punish 
And even, and even when we are being punished as a nation, even when we are being persecuted, God gives a powerful promise, Psalm 19, and, I'm sorry, Psalm 9, in Psalm 9, verse 17, listen to what it says, I love this passage, the wicked return to the grave, all the nations that forget God. That's going to be us someday. All, it says, the wicked return to the grave, all the nations that forget God, but the needy will not always be forgotten, nor will the hope of the afflicted ever perish. Talking about the persecuted. Then he goes on to say, Arise, O Lord, let man not triumph. Let the nations be judged in your presence. Strike them with terror, O Lord. Let the nations know they are but men. We are beginning to see this fulfilled, even in our time, even in the USA today. God has a purpose. He's getting us ready for our exit. Are we prepared? Are we prepared for persecution? Are we prepared? Now, I know it's all God's grace, but we got to develop our spiritual muscle. We got to learn to live by God's grace. But are we prepared for persecution? Once again, 1 Peter 4.14. I just love that verse. Um, If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. I actually put that that verse to music. There's a, a, a... Psalm, the king is exalted, the king is exalted. I actually took that and saw it fit really well. And so I'm just going to try to sing it. Hang in there with me. But they're just showing you how to take a verse and to memorize it by putting it to to, to the song so you'll never forget it. It goes, If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the spirit of glory and of God rests on you if you are insulted because of the name of Christ. That's First Peter 4, 14. Don't make fun of my voice. But uh, I just want to show you how anybody could do it. Even I can do it. You know, but that, ver- that verse has so much power to it. So much power to it. Are we ready for persecution? And maybe you're not a Christian yet. If, you're, if you've never put your faith in Jesus, you're not ready for what's coming. You're not ready for what's going to hit this planet. You're not ready for eternity, which is far worse than persecution, is facing God's judgment. You are not ready for that. But there's a way to be ready. I want to encourage you, first of all, listen to my Daniel Revelation uh, series, especially the Smyrna Positive Persecution. I did two parts to that. Listen to that. It's on our website. It's on our church website. It's on the YouTube. It's on iTunes. It's on all of them. But, 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 but listen to that. But also, have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Have you given your life to Jesus Christ? John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Have you ever put your faith, believed and put your faith, your trust, given your life to Jesus Christ trusting in his forgiveness through the death on the cross and resurrection from the dead. Have you taken that step? Let's pray. Are you ready? Are you ready for what's going to hit this planet like a brick? Like a bomb? Are you ready for the second coming of Jesus Christ and everything that leads up to that? The Armageddon the persecution, the plagues, the bold judgments. 
standing before God someday. Are we ready for that? There's only one way to be ready, and that's putting our faith in Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You can believe in Jesus right this moment. You don't need a religious rite, a ritual, a person. It's between you and God. The prayer of faith, God, I repent of my sin. I ask you to forgive me. I'm walking away from that. I ask you to forgive me. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, through his death on that cross in my place, taking my punishment, I put my faith in Jesus. I give my life to Jesus Christ. If you have prayed that prayer, something amazing has happened. The Holy Spirit is in you. You have become a child of God. And now you are under the protection of Jesus Christ. And he has a plan and a purpose for your life that he wants you to find in his word and through prayer and through fellowship in the body of Christ. And he wants you to get ready. If you have prayed that prayer of faith, make sure you let somebody know, another Christian know, a family member, a friend, a a local church that really believes the Bible and preaches the gospel. And if you need to, email me, nhcc at comcast.net. nhcc at comcast.net. Are we all ready for what's going to happen? Are we ready for persecution? It's all God's grace in the end. But are we ready? Are we getting ourselves right? We're learning to live by God's mercy and grace. Are we learning the scriptures? Are we praying for the persecuted all over the world? Are we we developing our spiritual muscle? Are we getting a biblical worldview? Father, I pray that every person who hears this will be ready. Ready for the second coming of Jesus Christ. And I pray that if anybody has not acted on the first coming, they would put their faith in you now. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, next week we'll see you inside, hopefully. And uh, we're going to see an amazing, after all this, we're going to see God's shocking grace. Don't miss that one.